Hello and welcome to DKI, Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. I'm your host, Joel, and this is episode number 77. Mario got called in last minute for New York Comic Con, and Franji got a last minute QA gig. So uh, it is me, and we have returning from a couple weeks back and from the Mummy radio drama, Sean. Welcome back. Thank you for having me again. Yeah. Well, it is a fun time of the year. It is our weekly, or sorry, our seasonal preview uh, shows. This is our second of two. Last week, we went A all the way through the end of P for Platinum End. We are using AnnieChart.net. We are going by alphabetical order for English titles. Uh, obviously, not too much to report this past week. Uh, premieres have been airing. I haven't had much of a chance to, ro- to watch anything because I've been working on the script for our Mystery Men radio drama, which will be next Saturday, the 16th. Uh, but for now, uh, well, I did actually get to go back and rewatch, or sorry, watch all of 86, and that ended up being pretty good, but we'll talk about that another time since we're actually a little bit late, had some technical difficulties on my end. I'm working off of Wi-Fi because my broadband, or rather uh, my Ethernet, has decided that it doesn't want to work anymore, so that's fun. But anyways, uh, Sean, the way this works is pretty easy. We just take turns going through the little synopses that are written up here on Anichart and just sort of do our initial impressions and whether or not it interests us. So, starting off today, we have Pura Ore, Pride of Orange. Monica's competitive spirit ignites when she discovers ice hockey. Even though she's a rookie, she's got her sights set on Nico City's hockey team, where girls aim for the top as they compete in this full-contact sport. After finally convincing her childhood friends and her sister to play, they join a team of girls ready to go for their goal. It's a slice-of-life sport anime, and it's hockey this time. Uh, Ice hockey, for what it's worth. And, uh, yeah, I get the feeling that if you like cute curls doing things, or if you like sports anime, this might be for you. Ice hockey is not a sport I'm particularly passionate about, so I'm probably going to pass on this one unless I hear from a bunch of friends that this does something particularly well. But, uh, you know, the key art here looks fine. It's done by Studio C2C, which is not necessarily a brand name, but uh, they did uh, Wandering Witch Journey of Elena, which is a pretty good one. So, yeah, if you like ice hockey, maybe check this one out. What about you, Sean? This uh, grab you at all? I'm interested to hear what people say about it when it's ended. Um, I do like hockey and slice of life stuff, so it could be interesting. But I've also been burned on cute girls doing sports things recently. I mean, who hasn't? Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna hold off. I I definitely will keep an eye on it though. See what people mm. say. All right, you take the next one. Uh, let's see. So next up is Sahate no Paladin. I don't know why. Uh, that's change not it in, to uh, the change it to the English titles. I thought I had it in English. Sorry about that. Um. Wow. I thought I was re- prepared, and I'm not. Eh, all good. Um. I thought I was prepared, and then my Ethernet said no. <laughs> So, in the ruined city of the dead, far from civilization... Uh, Oh, so uh, we're still not on the same one, then, because I'm seeing Ranking of Kings as the next one. Okay. So, uh, settings, uh, title language, English, and then sort by alphabetical. Okay, sorry. 
And yeah, there we go. Ranking of Kings. Okay. So the story centers around Boiji, a deaf palace prince who cannot even wield a children's sword. As the firstborn son, he strives hard and dreams of becoming the world's greatest king. However, people back, people mutter about him behind his back as a good-for-nothing prince, and no way he can be king. Boichi is able to make his first-ever friend, Kagi, a shadow, on the ground, who somehow understands Boichi well. Shadow is a survivor of the Shadow Assassin clan that was all about wiped out. Uh, no longer a killer, Shadow now makes ends, now makes ends meet by stealing. Uh, the story follows Boiji's coming of age. Oh, my computer is acting up. Sorry. Um, as he meets various people in his life, starting with this fateful encounter with Shadow. It's a fantasy adventure from Wit Studio. All right. Now, Wit is a pretty big brand name. Uh, this explanation and key art does not inspire me. When they say it's a coming of age story, the key art here is a kid in a diaper on a throne. So this is, uh, when they say that it's a powerless prince who can't wield a children's sword, that's why this is a child, infant, basically, who I guess has power of speech. I don't know, but like, hey, Wit did Vivi Fluoride Eye's song, which is contender for anime of the year. They've done uh, Ikakeru uh, Sport Climbing Girls, uh, uh, They've done, they did Great Pretender. This is a very established studio. So maybe there's more than meets the eye here. I don't know. Or maybe this is just one I'll pass. I think I'm going to, I will seek out some reviews for this one and be easier to sell on than something like uh, Pride of Orange. But I'm going to need to do just a speck of research and get a thumbs up or two before I watch this one. Yeah, this doesn't uh, inspire any conference for me. Yeah. Uh, I'll take the next two because the next one is Restaurant to Another World 2. <laughs> it's second season to Restaurant to Another World, which was a very comfy fantasy slice of life series that aired a couple years back. And it's basically just food brings people together in a fantasy world. And it's very sweet. And it, uh, at least in season one, it was all just two stories per episode, classic split down the middle. And it was just vignettes of people being brought together by food and it was very sweet very touching like i teared up in an episode or two it was nice no real plot to speak of or overarching story you have the owner of the restaurant and the waitress his apprentice and from the key art it looks like there will be another regular built into the cast but if you like just very soft-spoken slice of life stories about people this might be up your alley. Uh, I suggest watching the first season, um, but there wasn't too much in season one that I necessarily think would be required reading, so maybe just jump into season two if you feel like it, and if things don't make sense, then go back to one. Uh, the next one is Rumble Garandol, G-A-R-A-N-N-D-O-L-L, uh, by Studio Lurch, L-E-R-C-H-E. I'm not familiar with that one. This is an original series, Conquered by alternate world invaders, Japan has become a shadow of what it once was. Manga, anime, idols, and more are censored by these parallel universe overlords. Or so it seems. In the less-than-legal stores of Akihabara, 
Hosomichi joins a group of female freedom fighters made up of pilots and otakus. We had a series like this a couple years back, and I can't remember what it was called, but the idea of otakus fighting for otakudom because we are being repressed and our our nerdy loves are being censored. Eh. Like, okay, um, looking at the key art here, we have a bunch of very tropey characters surrounding a mech. This type of series, if it's going to be done well, is basically going to be a love letter to Otakudam, that it's going to be a lot of meta references, a lot of just sort of inside baseball humor. And if it can pull it off, that type of series is can be very fun if it's done right. But it has to be done right. I think I'll start off with an episode or two of this because it's a rare enough thing. Like I said, it's not new. We've gotten this a, a year, a couple years ago, but it's not something you get every season of a nerdy story about nerds doing nerdy things and enjoying their nerdy stuff. So, sure, I'll try this one out. So I had to, I had to take a look real quick and see the studio just to see what they've done in the past. Um, some of the big ones include Asobios, Asobia, Asobiasa. I can't speak English. Oh, today. yeah, that one. Uh, I enjoyed that. Great comedy. Uh, they also did, they did Toilet, Toilet Bound, Bound Kunakokun. Yeah. From last year, Given Frangi loved Given, uh, and Hakumi Tumikochi. Uh, I don't know if you okay, ever saw yeah. that. Okay, yeah. So, one. this one, this isn't a brand name studio per se, but they've been around the block. Yeah, they've done some good, some good work. Um, again, not oh, one they did that Assassination I'm... Classroom. Oh, okay, did. okay, I might, I might change my mind because I was gonna say this doesn't interest me, but now it might be something I might keep on my radar. Um, yeah, cool. Let's see. Next up is Sakugan from Studio Satellite. In the distant future, humankind lives shoulder to shoulder in a cramped colony divided by bedrock. Outside the colony extends a dangerous, undeveloped area known as the Labyrinth. Those who risk their lives to explore the Labyrinth and mark undeveloped areas are known as markers. Mimipu is a young girl who wants to become a marker, and Gob. Gobgumber is a man who quit being a marker. This ragtag father and daughter team are about to take on the labyrinth. If there is no path, then dig one. It so is it's a off-brand made in abyss. Yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like. Huh. Now, this studio is the one that did Log Horizon. Uh, more recently, they've done Cannon Busters. Um, they did Simpho Gear and a couple others. So, eh. Don't get me wrong, I love Made in Abyss. Like, one of the top three animes of the year. Uh, it won the Anime Awards that year. Um, this is not that same studio, even if it's uh, seemingly taking a couple of the tropes. Um, it's one that if I hear from a bunch of friends that this is good, I'll check it out. I'm not averse to this concept. But this isn't one that I feel like, ooh, I love this concept, and I'm totally up for seeing it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm not interested at all. Yeah. Um, even if it even if it is a seem to be kind of a clone of Made in Abyss, just does not interest me right now. Yeah, there's it sounds like an adventuring type thing, and we're going on adventures for adventure's sake because we have wanderlust and we are driven to adventure. Huzzah! <laughs> I'm sure that it could be fun if you're really interested. Uh, and of note, it does have the mecha tag. There aren't any mechs. Oh I wait, I do see one, one there, there fighting in the background. Yes, it is. 
Okay, it doesn't look like your traditional mech, though. Interesting. No. Who knows? Anyways, up next is Selection Project from Studio Dogakobo. Suzune Miyama has been sick since childhood, but always used idol Akari Amasawa's music for courage and smiles through her hard times. Now in her final year of junior high, Suzune is auditioning against thousands of contestants to become one of nine chosen idols in the Selection Project, the exact audition competition Akari used to gain fame. Will she follow in her icon's footsteps? It's anime American Idol slash Japan Idol slash Love Live, but individuals, not the group, which is an interesting slight twist here because usually in your idol shows, you get, all right, you know, we're banding together as a group. Um, and at the very least, for the outset of this, we have our heroine as an individual who will ultimately be put into a unit. And that offers some slight variations in terms of plot and character interactions. Uh, I have seen an initial review of this which said that this was fine, that the characters are kind of archetypical, colors are all right, and, you know, if you like your idol anime and your slice of life, here you go. You could do worse, you could do better. I'm going to pass until, again, uh, I hear a bunch of people say, oh, this has done something different or unique that... um. Regular listeners will know that is sort of my default as some things, uh, Sean, that usually I have those top ones that I really want to see, and then there's below that something that, ooh, this hook like looks really good, or it's from a studio I really like. I'm probably going to check this out for one or two, and then I have a bunch in the middle are, you know, it's neither here nor there for me. I'll keep an ear to the ground, and if I get enough people saying it's good, that I'll check it out, and then obviously there's a few of just, this is not for me hard pass yeah for me i it's not something i had on my radar um i'm a big doga Koba fan um they always have to me some pretty decent animation so again might be something i might put on my radar not something i'm going to be watching from from the beginning um but we'll see just some kind yeah. of like you just kind of waiting to hear what people say about it yeah, recently, uh, Dogokobo did Asteroid in Love, uh, Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle, uh, How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift. Seeing yesterday for me. Yep, uh, they did New Game, so they've been around. They do colorful, fluffy stuff, mm-hmm. with the exception of uh, Ikebukuro Westgate Park, which was very good in its own regard, just not colorful and fluffy. Yeah. Anywho, your uh... turn. Let's see if I can even pronounce this. Yeah, you've uh, just been getting the bad ones for pronunciation. Yeah, I, I see why you decided to take two in a row. Uh, Shikakizakura. Um, it is sci-fi done by Studio Sublimation. Uh, Kakikura Miwa is an otherwise ordinary high school student, but a strange twist puts him on the front line in a supernatural battle against the menacing Oni. With the help of a Help of a fantastically powerful battle suit known as Yoro. Your, wow. Yoroi? Yeah. Uh, Kakuru joins an elite team that fights the monster Sony and defends humanity from otherworldly threats. The team is assigned to protect Oka Myojin, a shrine maiden who is prophesied to save the world. But she must perform a sacred wit- ritual within Shikizakura the horizon that connects the spiritual and physical world that lies somewhere amid the blooming cherry blossoms and the colorful autumn leaves. But in this world, the journey to destiny is hard-fought 
winding, and sometimes sometimes deadly. Studio Sublimation has, at least on Anachart, which sometimes isn't accurate, all of four projects to their name, including this one, nothing of significance. So this is a newer studio, mm -hmm. uh, if it is, if what we have here on the record is correct. The key art very much looks like a a children's show, you know, kind of Sentai-esque, but it's animated. Um, I don't know. I'm going to pass on this one. It, it would take a lot to actually get my attention on this one. The only thing that sort of gives me pause is the fact that in the last line says, and sometimes deadly, of just, okay, maybe this is not actually a children's show, despite the color palette, if they're going to actually explore death of a main character, or maybe that's just done for dramatic tension, I don't know, but uh, not really interested in Shiki Zakura. Yeah, nothing that, uh, nothing that I can see that sticks out to me. Um, and then looking on Sublimation, the only thing that I'm aware that they've done is Dragon's Dogma, but I didn't hear much about that. I just know Netflix uh, was pushing it when it was coming out, but that's about it. Yeah. All right. Up next, we've got Taisho Otome Fairy Tale. Uh, this one is based on a manga. It's from Studio Synergy SP. Chima Tamahiko is a self-proclaimed pessimist who hates the world, and with good reason. He's been exiled to the countryside by his wealthy family because of his disability. But his lonely life is turned upside down by the arrival of Tachibana Yuzuki, his arranged bride. Her cheerfulness slowly heals Shima's heart in the slice-of-life romance set in the Taisho era. Okay, so that's important that this is the Taisho era. That um, this is not, you know, present-day exile discrimination against those who are disabled and arranged marriages on top. Because if that was being done, like, in a present-day one, it would be really awkward. Um, oh, sure. So the historical era does give context and uh, some important coloring to the story being told. Uh, the tags here are comedy, drama, and romance, which certainly sounds like the art here is very, very pretty. Um, Synergy SP is not one that rings a bell off the top of my head, looking through Initial what they D. have here. Oh, that'll do it, yeah. Um, this just doesn't sound like my cup of tea. Um, a drama healing anime about a pessimist. Some people might click with that type of thing. This just isn't for me, but uh, this looks like it could do some interesting things for those who are in the mood for that type of story. Can't disagree with that. Um, definitely have a lot of uh, very fluffy children's esque anime f in their history. A lot of Beyblade, um, and like I said, and then you start getting into Initial D and Major, which I know are pretty well known, like sports and uh, racing. So they definitely have a. Uh, a strong history of making good things, but we'll see if this is going to be one of them. Um, yeah. Let's see. Next is Tact OP Destiny. Uh, it's done by Studio Madhouse and Mappa. Ooh, uh, fantasy action. Powerhouse is right there. Yeah. This already kind of has my interest just by those two studios. Um, music is a light that illuminates people's hearts, and that light was suddenly taken from the world. 
the world changed that night. The black Kyo. Royal meteorite. Meteorite fell. Uh, grotesque monsters known as D2 emerged from the meteorite and began to overrun the land and people. As the D2 were drawn to melodies people played, eventually music itself became taboo. However, those who appear or those who opposed the monsters appeared. They, the music cart girls who draw power from music, they possess the great operas and musical scores of human history and use them to defeat the D2. Um, I kind so of this is uh, Beck and uh, oh. yeah, the key art gives Beck vibes, the synopsis yeah. doesn't. Um, what was it? Uh, Silent Place is that the one where it was like the weird oh, creatures? Wow. Uh, uh, or don't breathe. No, no, no. Or don't no. breathe. Was, uh, yeah, it was a silent, a silent place. All right. Um, yeah, or a quiet place. That's what it is. Yeah. So a quiet it. place. Uh, sounds like that of just you know monsters that are drawn towards sound, and so sound becomes the taboo, not because of censorship, but because of self-preservation. Uh, but then the idea of okay, we're now going to turn it on them and use music as our weapon. Uh, that's almost uh, Macross-esque. Um, the fact that this is Madhouse and MAPPA is going to get me at least in the door for an episode or two. Uh, this concept, I like that. It. It's been a while. There have been a couple shows in the past couple of years that have had music as the core battle mechanic or a mechanic where uh, you like music has been taken away from the world for some reason, be it political censorship. Uh, I haven't seen one that takes this particular approach, and that's also interesting. Uh, yeah, action fantasy music from Madhouse and Mappa? Sure. I will give it a three-episode trial with that. That's enough for me. Yeah, I'll definitely put on my radar. Uh, just waiting to see what people say about it. Uh, according to Annie List right now, it's getting at least a favor favorable review. After just one yeah, episode. Yeah. All right, this so. next one is like probably the top three in terms of this looks like this looks really dumb. <laughs> but it might be good because it's so dumb. I'm not sure. This is Tesla Note by Studio Gambit based on a manga. Genius Nikola Tesla preserved his records of his inv inventions inside crystals known as Tesla shards. Oh, how vain. After an inexplicable incident in Norway... Botan Negoro, a descendant of ninjas raised to be the ultimate agent, is recruited on a mission to recover the crystals. His partner through this is self-proclaimed number one agent, Kurama. With the fate of the world at stake, the fight for the shards begins. How the hell do we go from Nikola Tesla, real inventor, first off there, and then saying, okay, he records his inventions inside crystals. Okay. And now... Raised by ninjas to be the ultimate agent, fight for the shards, fade the world. Uh huh. <laughs> Not meant to be. The PR here looks just—it's very colorful and it's very tropey. But at the same time, maybe it could be good. I don't know. Studio Gambit. This is their first project. It looks this like is their first outing, at least. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, no anime studio nowadays is starting from actual zero, that usually a new studio is formed by industry veterans and then has some people uh, coming in, that it's very rare that 
absolute no names are going to be able to come together and get their stuff broadcast just from the get-go unless they have significant backing so there's no real track record this is a weird weird plot i might watch the first episode just out of just sheer curiosity here and be ready to drop it really quick if it's not good but congratulations you wrote something splashy and absurd enough to actually turn my head you're a lot braver soul than i am i said i'll give it an episode this isn't gonna get inherently the three episode test i will give it one that's fair uh so next is the one that i tried reading earlier when we first started this uh the fairway paladin um, done by Children's Playground Entertainment, Adventure and Action Series. In the ruined city of the dead, far from civilization, lives a single human named, child named Will. He is raised by three undead, Blood the her- uh, Heroic Skeleton Warrior, Mary the Ladylike Mummy Priestess, and Gus the Crotchety Ghost Wizard. That's three interesting characters right there. Uh, the three of them teach the boy what they know, pour their love into him, and one day... The boy begins to wonder, who, who am I? Will uncovers the mysteries of the undead hidden in this fairway land. Uh, he learns of, learns of the love and mercy of good gods, as well as the paranoia and madness of evil gods. And once he learns it all, the boy embarks on the path to becoming a paladin. Um, it definitely has an interesting uh, poster. Yeah, um, kind of looks like a combination of almost ancient Magus Bride, and yeah, I don't even know where to go from there, but it, I don't know about this one. <laughs> it's interesting. I think this is one that's going to depend on the rest of the shows this season of just, if at the end of all this, there are 10 shows that I want to watch to start out. I'm probably not going to watch this one or give it a shot unless somebody tells me it's really good. If the pickings for me personally are a bit slimmer than usual and I'm at like, you know, six, seven to start off with, then I might slot this one in from the get-go and then be prone to dropping it. But uh, yeah, it's hitting this very weird middle ground because... The studio doesn't really draw my eye. The plot sounds fine, but not inspired. So we'll see where things end up for this one. I could see it being that I never mention the show again because it just slips through the cracks for me, or maybe in a couple weeks I'll be raving about it. Who knows? Yeah, it's. I don't even know what to say about this. It's it's not scratching an itch for me whatsoever. Um nothing wrong with it just nothing that uh yeah the, uh, um, this is one of the things of doing these types of uh previews of a lot of it can hinge on how well the descriptions are written in some studios as we've seen already like these really long very detailed descriptions that might as well just be the first episode others talk more about the themes and where the show may or may not go this one sort of it feels like they spoon fed us the first episode in a paragraph and i don't actually know what's going to happen from here in terms of real themes or plot so i can't tell if this is something where it's going to be 
like Kino's journey where we're traveling around on his path to become a paladin and seeing him doing a paladin thing a week in a different town or if there's some good bad that he's going to be pursuing throughout. I don't know. Anyways, this next one, interestingly enough, is also by Studio Children's Playground, but also by Studio Feel. Uh, and this is The Flute of Evolution. Before I knew it, my life had it made. And yes, that is an, a light novel adaptation. Hiragi Siichi is an ugly, revolting, dirty, smelly fat ass. That is the description's phrasing, not mine. These are the insults hurled at him one after another about his appearance. Such as Siichi's daily school life of bullying. Then for some reason, one day when school was out, a voice claiming to be God said over the PA system to prepare to be transported to another world. What's more, Seichi is not alone, but the entire school. A fantasy world where game-like elements, such as level stats and skills exist. However, God still has preparations to complete it for the transfer, and would send them over as soon as the hero summoning ritual was ready. The classes all formed groups to wait for the transfer, but Seichi was alone and was discluded and as such was summoned to a different area. After being transported, the first thing Seichi ate was the fruit of evolution. This would come to greatly change his life. This story is about how Seichi went from being severely bullied by his classmates, even uh, not being recognized for his accomplishments, and despite all that, staying positive and surviving in this new world. As a result, he somehow becomes one of the champions. That's the other thing about these descriptions. They can be hit or miss on how well they were translated. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's an Isekai light novel power fantasy. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm... Just that initial first ten words. I don't even know where to go with that. I don't know. I'm just saying that this character starts off being the lowest of the low, and you know, he's now gonna just climb through ranks and impress everyone, and they're all gonna see how wrong they were about him. Yeah. This sounds like, um, so I'm a spider, so what? It's just, you know, it's the loner character, their school gets taken in isekai and our MC is naturally going to be put somewhere else so we can focus on them for a little bit. And they get overpowered because overpowered isekai fantasy. Um, no thanks. Yeah, if, I... if you love the... Some people just love their power fantasy isekai, and there's nothing wrong with that. If that is your cup of tea, this sounds like it, it's brute for you. Enjoy. Um, I love me some good power fantasy isekai every so often. Don't get me wrong. I like So I'm a Spider. I absolutely slime. have a board reincarnated as a slime. This sounds a bit too similar for me. Um, if I hear, okay, it's just, you know, hitting the tropes right, maybe I'll check it out. But this is not one that, on the uh, description and PR alone, that I'm going to say, ooh, this is definitely on my to-watch list. Yeah, it says it's an ad- adventure comedy. And outside of just making fun of the character at the beginning, I don't see, like, nothing about this describes to me Haha, ha, funny times. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next is The Night Beyond the Tri-Cornered Window by Studio Zero G. Uh, bookstore employ- employee Mikado always had a tendency to see creepy things. He had lived his life pretending he didn't see these things, but then he has a fateful encounter with an exorcist named Hiyakawa, 
Uh, Mikado ends up being forced to help out with exorcism duties and has to deal with the embarrassing fact that exercising these things with the Akawa somehow feels really good. Uh, while getting dragged into dealing with these cases every day, they run into a cold-blooded murder case. Um, huh. Comedy and a drama. Um, yeah, comedy, drama, mystery. Uh, we've got a much harsher art style here. Like, this is, I'm not going to call it realistic, but, you know, the lines are a bit more jagged. Uh, the color palette is a bit darker. Uh, Zero G has done a fair bit. Uh, some of the more notable things, ironically, are actually kind of colorful. That They did Science Fell in Love and Tried to Prove It, and they also did Dive. Uh... I like a good mystery, and it's been a while since I've had a good mystery. I think I'm going to put this on my to watch list for at least an episode or two, see how it goes. Um, yeah, just I'm, I'm feeling a good mystery right now, and there have not been many mysteries lately. I don't recall any others high up on the list for this season, so sure. Uh, you're in the right place at the right time, tri cornered window. Congratulations. Definitely. I mean, I'll wait to hear what you have to say about it. Um, the uh, synopsis definitely kind of scratched something there. It's interesting that is, so this is kind of supernatural because we're talking exorcisms and whatnot. This isn't pure Sherlockian, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't wait to hear what you have right. to say about it. Yeah. A vampire dies in no time by Studio Madhouse. Legendary vampire hunter Ronaldo finds an unlikely and unwilling ally in Draluk. That's obviously. Not a play on Dracula, certainly not. The world's weakest vampire who turns to dust at the slightest attack. Together, they're in for more hilarious misadventures than you can shake a stick at, including enemy vampires, axe-wielding... Huh? Axe-wielding editors, okay, is our main character a manzaka or something? And other pains in the neck. It's a supernatural comedy. I assume that this vampire is just, you know... Uh, that they're able to regenerate, but, you know, they die at anything, and that's going to be kind of a central gag. It's Madhouse, so there you go. Uh, if you're feeling comedy, this looks like it might be a good one. Um, comedy animes in the past couple of years have not exactly done it for me, that I've just been finding myself more drawn towards more narrative-driven series, and that's just my own personal taste. But uh, if you're the type that enjoys a good anime comedy, this... This looks like a pretty good one. I might watch it an episode or two just to see if maybe it hits better for me than others have in the past. Uh, but I might end up dropping it just because, like I said, that hasn't quite been my cup of tea recently. But overall, this looks appealing. This sounds appealing. Madhouse is a good name. Uh, I'll probably give it at least an episode and see where it goes from there. Yeah, this was one that I had on my watch list just before the season aired. And I've moved it to kind of uh, keep an eye on it and just see what people say about it. Uh, I know one person who has seen the first episode, and they definitely say that the OP might be one of the best ones this season, if not this year. So Ooh, That's always fun. Yeah. So that's about the only thing I, have to, I can think about it off the top of my head. I definitely am in, in, interested, and I love the fact that it's a comedy done by Madhouse. So yeah. I will definitely keep an eye on it. Enjoy um, your light novel title. <laughs> thank you. So next up, we have the world's finest assassin gets reincarnated into another world as an aristocrat. That definitely screams light novel. 
the world's number one the world's number one assassin has been reincarnated as the eldest son of a family of aristocratic assassins. In exchange for being reincarnated in another world, a goddess has imposed upon him one condition. You kill the hero who has prophesied to destroy the world. This was to be the mission in his new life, the synergistic effect of the vast knowledge and experience he gained that made all manner of assassinations possible in the modern world, and the secret techniques and magic of the fantasy world's most powerful family of assassins turned him into the greatest assassin of all time. They love the word assassin. Yep, yep, this, this is a series about assassins, and boys, he's going to assassinate definitely lots of assassins. Now, for frequent listeners of the show, and I think at this point, Sean, you know as well, I have greatly enjoyed the offerings from Studio Silverlink these past couple of years, and like I put them up there. They're not A1, they're not Madhouse, they're not Map in terms of quality, but I've long said that they're... Whoever it is that is in charge of their licensing department that makes calls on what they adapt has really good taste because they have this very good track record of getting things that look like average genre pieces that just overperform. Not necessarily revolutionize, but that the titles that they adapt are usually really stellar examples of their genre. And here we have Silverlink. Doing something that sounds gosh darn tropey, but because it's Silverlink and they've earned their reputation with me, I'm gonna give this one a shot. Um, and for what it's worth, assassination isn't exactly your normal type affair of okay, this if our no. reincarnated hero is gonna be OP in something that it's not just you know magic wielding or being a warrior or something that this is something of finesse, it's something of intrigue and uh. Maybe that will offer a bit of fresh air somewhere. Uh, we have several pretty girls who are in this key art along with our hero. I assume we're going to have love and love interest because, yeah. as you do in anime and light novels, um, the art style looks good. Uh, don't get me wrong, Silverlink isn't invaluable. They've had a couple stinkers here and there, but uh, they've earned my first episode watch, basically, huh. sort of. Uh, as a baseline, so yeah, we'll see where this goes. I'll give it a I'll give it a plus in that the our hero was an assassin in the real world, reincarnated into a world where he's also an assassin. Yeah, it's not, so it's not just, he's just okay, picking you, up. Yeah, it's not. Oh, you're being given extra superpowers and whatnot. It's no. I've I've at least worked for my experience, and even if for narrative purposes, there's not much of a difference. I appreciate the difference in the writing. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give it a pl uh, positive there. Yeah, M might be interesting. Next up is Visual Prison from A1. It's an original. Beautiful immortals have gathered in Harajuku to compete for a grand prize, and that's power. Lucky they, for sure. Yeah, why not? For years now, the artists behind the worldly culture and music. Uh, sorry, for years now, the artists behind worldly culture and music have secretly been vampires, including those who produce Visual Hay. Now they perform with their most beautiful songs in the hallowed grounds of the prison under the scarlet moon. Uh, what visual K is now? Because I, I feel like I'm not. Um, isn't a genre of music. It is used to categorize the band that show unique characteristics with costume and makeup. Okay, so this is, you know, 
examples we have here are here in gray. X Japan is a very prominent example. So uh, sort of like big style bands, punk bands, almost sort of gothic in terms of what, uh, you know, United States jargon would call it. Uh, and that very much fits with vampiric aesthetics. So, so music and supernatural and uh, a competition for immense power and I'm guessing this is going to be a music competition, you know, a la Selection Project, a la Carolyn Tuesday, a la American Idol. And sure, between the visuals, Studio A1's name, and the fact that, you know, we're throwing it sort of a twist in here of vampires with the music, it's got my curiosity. Um, why not? Yeah, I I'm out, dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's appreciate that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, it, this is one I I love A one pictures, um, but even that name alone does not give me any anything to to want to watch with this. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like music series also in general haven't necessarily been your jam, anyways. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think either of us are going to watch this next one. Oh, no, definitely not. Uh, Waka Pre-Matchy, which I'm guessing is from the same genre as all the other, like, what, Pretty pre Precure and yeah, and all those. Um, Matsuri Hibino spends her days in the middle of school dreaming about Pre-Matchy, the sparkling stage show that combines song, dance, and fashion with actual magic. She'd love to star in the Pre-Matchy one day, and when the Bearded troublemaker Miyamu appears from another magical world. The scout Metsuri is her pre-magi partner. The pair takes to the stage to become the top stars of pre-magi hand in hand. It's a children's magical girl show. This is not for us. No. I hope that, you know, little girls or, you know, I'm not even going to gender. I'm going to say I hope young children enjoy this show. Good for them that, you know, children's programming should exist. And it's an anime, so it's here on the Annie chart list of what is airing this season. It, that's fine. I hope they like it. I'm not watching this. <laughs> yeah. I, wow. Yeah, this is definitely not for me, even though I do like certain magical girl shows, but this not is this very one. obviously, you know. This is for elementary schoolers, middle yeah. schoolers at top. So hopefully it's good. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap up pretty quickly here because the last three are all sequels. World Trigger yeah. season three, it's the third season of World Trigger. If you will watch World Trigger seasons one and two, here you go. You know that Mario will have at least a laugh about it. Uh, there's Yashihime, Princess Demon, uh, the second act. It's Yashihime, which was uh, the spiritual successor and kind of literal successor to Inuyasha. So if you watch that season one, here you go. Second act is right here for you. Then you have Yuki Yuna is a hero, the great Mankai chapter. Uh, it's a sequel. I, it's the third season. I don't actually know anything about Yuki Yuna. Um, the franchise is on my watch list, but I, like you, I know nothing about Yuki Yuna at this time. And I'm not planning on jumping in on a third season, certainly. Uh, there's oh, no. plenty of other stuff. And that's where we end. Um, 
of, I suppose, a bit of an amusing note. There is a series that was supposed to air this season called World's End Harem. Yeah. Which uh, uh, apparently aired their first episode and is now delayed until the winter season. Uh, jury is out on if this is a case of the, the networks having an issue with it and them wanting to avoid a interspecies reviewer situation, or if uh, it's possible that production issues have arisen behind the scenes, possibly due to the COVID situation in Japan. Uh, and I'm just sort of, you know, we had several last year where, like, the first couple episodes, it happened with even Food Wars, some of these big Food Wars, they, they are their first four episodes and then punted to the next season entirely. So maybe they're calling it early and saying, all right, we thought we might be able to, but uh, before we get too deep into the season, we're pausing and we'll be back in the winter. Um, so yeah, so yeah, a little bit of an interesting thing because that, that news literally came down the past 24 hours. So this morning, uh, interesting stuff us. there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what we've got. Um, admittedly, this season on the surface does not have as much, at least for me personally, as some of the previous seasons have. But then again, I've been in this mode the past year or so where I usually have three to five shows in a given season that I know I want to watch going in. And then I pick up another three to five based on reviews and recommendations from the first three weeks. So I'm kind of excited to see, all right, what are these shows that I have now read the synopsis for and don't know that I'm going to enjoy yet. So a bit of an adventure, as it always is every season. Uh, but yeah, that's about where we are. Before we before we head out, can I throw out one short that I think you might be interested in, or at Please. least would would be interested for your audience? Uh, Kaginado is a short that's getting ready to come out in a couple days. Is basically uh, Isekai Quartet, but with everything from June Maeda, uh, which is Canon, Planad, Angel Beats, that's Charlotte. I, now, did, I discovered I this yesterday. Those series, that is a very interesting one, and I know a couple of people that will be intrigued by this concept. So, yes, thank you very much for bringing this one up. Yeah. Like I said, I discovered yeah, this yesterday. A, and yeah, I think it's guys for a very good analogy here. So, anyway, that's all I have. Neat. Well, thank you all so much. We should have a shorter episode this week, uh, but we started a bit late anyways, and we have finished all the stuff that we have, so we'll be back next week for episode 78. As always, be sure to follow us uh, on Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, all the good social medias. I will be back next Thursday evening with RJ to continue with Great Ace Attorney, and also next Saturday or, as I mentioned earlier, our radio drama presentation of Mystery Men. So that'll be a lot of fun. In general, just be sure to check out Digital Air Entertainment. We have nerdy content going at least six nights a week. And uh, there's always fun stuff happening over here. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Image Anime. You can check them out at imageanime.com and use the discount code is discount20. That is D-E-S-C-O-U-N-T-0-0. For 20% off all their in-stock items, and that code will be good until the end of the year. Uh, also, you can get some Digital Era Entertainment merchandise at digitalerentertainment.streamelements.com. And I do believe that's all. Yeah, uh, and we have our recently released trailer, trailer for our visual novel, 
Oberolio Pro, which is being headed up by our very own RJ, so be sure to check that out as well. John, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it was a bit of a last minute thing, and I remember that you mentioned that you actually had sales. So I was like, oh gosh, thank goodness, because uh, like I mentioned, Mario and Bronji each got called in a separate things kind of last minute. So glad to have you here on the ride. Thank you. And uh, definitely will keep you appraised of anything that I pick up. So, all right. So, yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in. Stay safe, stay sane, get your pouch ouchie and your food shot. And we will see you next time on Air Switch. Thank you.